0: How's it going, A's fans, and welcome to episode one hundred and thirty-eight of the Locked On A's podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm your host, noted baseball fan Jason Burke, and on today's show, I'm talking about Game One and getting you ready for Game Two. Simple as that. We're talking playoffs. That's it. The end. Uh, Before I get into all of that stuff, though, please follow us on social media at On A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am by Jason B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send them to LockdownAthletics at gmail.com. So let's get right into it. As I'm sure everybody knows, the A's lost game one of their series with the White Sox and... If you've been an A's fan for any length of time, it feels like a familiar story. In 2018, the A's lost to the Yankees, seven to two in the wild card game. In 2019, they lost to the Rays, five to one. Yesterday, four to one. So there's a trend. And if they keep going at this clip, Maybe sometime in the next few years, if they keep making the playoffs, they might win a playoff game. And that's the kind of analysis you can expect here at Locked On A's. But seriously, though, uh, I'm a little bit bummed out after Game 1's loss. I'm going to talk about it here. Uh, After Luzardo was announced as the Game 1 starter, I got on board. I love Luzardo, and I could see some reasoning behind the decision. You know, he's your best. He's your most talented pitcher. If he goes out there and executes his pitches, he's untouchable. He did not execute his pitches, as well as uh, they were probably hoping, and uh, I'll get into that here in a second, but I figured that the A's had a plan of attack to combat the Sox record against lefties. They've, as I've said before, they mash against lefties, and we only saw Jake Diekman come in as the only lefty out of the bullpen. Granted, uh, I guess TJ McFarlane is kind of the only, only other guy, unless they wanted to go with uh, like I or something like that. Um, so I feel like they're going to be going righty-heavy the next uh, couple of games here if we get two more games but really though i thought that they would have a plan of attack and after the game bob melvin told reporters that luzardo's outing may alter their plans for game three which doesn't necessarily fill me with the same amount of confidence that i had going into their decision in the first place uh was their plan to go with mania and just stats be damned in game three um that's not probably what i would have done in my mind, Mike Fires is the only option for that game if it comes to it. Uh, that, that's it. If they go with anybody else, I'm going to probably lose my mind just a little bit. But, uh, you know, all in all, with results you know, still counting and whatnot, I think that the A's kind of executed their plan, maybe sort of, kind of. Um, The mistakes that Luzardo made were heaters down the heart of the plate, and it doesn't matter what a team's record is against lefties or how they hit lefties, they can hit fastballs down the middle of the plate. So uh, other than those couple of pitches that were, I hope, mistakes and not part of the game plan, uh, then, you know, I, I think that he executed fairly well. He gave up some hits and, you know, hits happen. Unless you're Lucas Giolito. We'll talk about him in here in a second too. But uh, I'd say that giving up four runs to an offense like the White Sox over the course of the game is kind of okay. Especially with those two mistakes that ended up uh, resulting in three runs counted against Lozardo. I mean, it it would have been fewer runs and that would have been nice. So maybe, maybe the A's... Got, got a shot here. I, I'm still optimistic. I'll, I'll get into that here in a second, too. But I do also want to mention that the Yankees, and I know this is an A's podcast, but the Yankees ripped the AL Cy Young favorite apart last night, hanging seven runs on Shane Bieber in four and two-thirds innings. Lizardo gave up three runs in three and a third against a team with, you know, none of the pedigree of Shane Bieber. But, uh, you know, and against a team that devours lefties, he did better by my estimation, I would say. So, uh, you know, kudos to him a little bit kind of um so yeah that that's my only take on the yankees and indian series here but uh i think that if the a's had scored more runs obviously they would have won the game that's how uh scoring works but they have the talent to score more runs but the big hit has been elusive once the postseason starts and obviously lucas giolito was shoving for six plus innings right there he ended up doing just fine and even with him being perfect through six, the A's brought the tying run to the plate in the eighth, and that's what I'm holding on to from this game. Maybe it's naive of me to do so, and I know that there's a lot of negativity surrounding the team when they struggle in the postseason, but for me, I want to keep believing that any year could be Oakland's year. I know that most of the time it ends in heartbreak, and usually not even in like an exciting heartbreak fashion like the 2014 wildcard, where at least they scored some runs and, you know, had it back and forth and didn't just fall behind and die. Um... So seeing your team get dominated year in and year out is not fun. And trust me, I get that. But when it comes to the A's, I I just stay optimistic. I don't know why, but I think that it's because when the A's finally do break through... I don't think that it's going to be in a game where they dominate from the beginning to the end and just run through the playoffs and win the World Series. I don't think it's going to be like that, at least not at first. I think that they're going to have to really pry this monkey off the franchise's back with something dramatic. And that's why I try to stay optimistic. Even when they're having a perfect game thrown against them through six, they still brought the tying run to the plate. It's just going to take that one big hit, that one home run, double, whatever it takes to bring home that tying run, that go-ahead run late in the game. That's what it's going to take. And so... One of these days, I, th- I feel like the ending is not going to be the same. I know that th- there are so many tweets uh, in replies to beat reporters and, you know, uh, TV personality and stuff. They're like, same old days. But one of these days, I think that we're going to see the directors of this movie, the one with the happy ending. And when they get that first win, the W's may just start coming in droves after that. So that's why I stay optimistic each and every postseason until that final out's recorded and the A's have to go home. So hopefully that helps. A little bit. I'm gonna try and help you guys get a little bit more optimistic because I know that this is another deflating A's postseason loss. But uh, hey, at least they're not the Twins. That's something because uh, wow, they really gave their game away. Uh, check out the highlights at the top of the ninth inning. That was not fun. Um, yeah, but I have some some positive news here in the second half. I'll get into that. Uh, I'm going to talk about how the A's can even up the series and maybe force a decisive game three. That's something to keep an eye on, so uh, stick around. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Locked on A's. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe wherever you like your podcast. And also, please follow us on social media at Locked on A's on Twitter and Instagram. I am at by B on Twitter. And if you have any questions for us, please send those to LockedOnAthletics at gmail.com. So I'm going to start this off with... the the good news and then it gets progressively worse and then better at the end. So stick with me here. Uh, I listened to the Locked On White Sox podcast on Sunday where they did their series preview and talked about, you know, their predictions and all that stuff. One guy said White Sox and two and I was like, jerk. Um, Not really. I I think he's fine. Um, But the other one was like, I think A's in three. And the reasoning is they don't have a lot of faith in whoever their Game 3 starter is, because it looked like it was going to be Dane Dunning for them, a rookie pitcher, and uh, he struggled a little bit his last couple of outings in facing both Cleveland and the Chicago Cubs. He went seven innings total between those two starts, gave up eight earned runs on nine hits and four walks. Neither of those teams is necessarily known for their offensive dominance, so that leads me to believe that even a bad offensive A's performance— could get a win in that game as long as uh, the pitching holds up for the A's. So forcing a game three, obviously it's imperative to the A's winning the series, but it does fill me with a little bit more hope where the host of the team, or the the, the guys that follow the team the closest, don't have a lot of confidence if this game goes to three games. Uh, there's other guys that they could do. Reynaldo Lopez, who's both, he's kind of like uh, Luzardo, but with less talent. And I don't mean that in a mean way. I mean that he's inconsistent where he can be very good or very bad. Uh, Luzardo's not very bad too often. He he get he can get hit around. So uh, that's another option for them. Uh, yeah, I, I think that if the A's can make it to game three, I like their chances again. So they got to win game two. Another option would be to just bullpen the whole game. But that could also work into the A's favor, even if Dallas Keuchel goes deep into the game and then the A's score just a couple of runs and they win like 2-1 to one and the bullpen's rested. Uh, you're still relying on roughly five to six guys, maybe even more than that, if you're going to give one uh, each guy like an inning. Uh, you're relying on too many people to get you through that game, and that could work in the A's favor. So there's a bunch of different ways that Game 3 could play out, but uh, if they got Mike Fiers and he's doing okay and he gets his first start and he's you know angry and he wants to show people that what he can do, I I like the A's chances, so you gotta get to game three, but first we gotta get through game two. I'm not looking past game two, because I know that uh, it's an elimination game for the A's, and that, uh, That has not boded well in the past, but uh, that is the hope that I'm putting out there for you guys. That is the carrot on the stick for an optimistic take to get you excited for Game 2. In Game 2, we're going to see a very familiar foe in Dallas Keuchel. Uh, Obviously, he pitched with the Astros for a bunch of years, won a Cy Young with them in 2015. Uh, And it's kind of hard to apply his previous stats against the A's current hitters because he has fluctuated from AL Cy Young caliber to roughly league average and back again. Uh, as I mentioned on Monday, Dallas Keuchel has an ERA of 199 on the season and has allowed just one earned run in 20 September innings and hasn't allowed a home run in his last seven outings. The A's record when they hit home runs is very good. Um, don't have it in front of me, so, but it's very good. They don't lose very often uh, in that case. Their, their record against lefties, also solid. I think it's like 12-3, and three. so maybe there's some—maybe maybe the— the White Sox should have done their homework, and uh, yeah, lefties. Let's do, let's eat, or whatever Tim Anderson said. Um, so yeah, his FIP is also roughly three, so the ERA looks a little bit better than he's actually been pitching. Same thing for Chris Bassett, but don't don't uh, pay attention to that part. And this is the one that kind of gave me a little bit more optimism, um, depending on some things. Uh, so it is. Dallas Keichel, each time through the order, he gets a little bit worse, which is not an uncommon thing. Uh, but here are his numbers. Uh, first three innings, please don't freak out if the A's are not doing well, because he's been really good the first time through the order. And the A's are a late inning team anyway, so you want to feast on the bullpen anyway. So uh, there, there's that. Uh, first time through the order. The uh, uh, he's been holding opponents to a 138 average and a 165 on base percentage. So if the A's get a runner in the first three innings, we're doing great. Uh, second time through, they're hitting 231 with a 286 on base. All right. Yeah, that's like one every three batters gets on base. Just do it all at the same time. Get a couple of runs. There you go. Uh, third time through the order, if he does last that long, I do feel like uh, White Sox manager Renteria will have a short hook because... You know, why not? Uh, he hasn't gone very deep. He, he uses a lot of pitches because he doesn't throw very hard, but he pinpoints his spots. And if he gets up to like six strikeouts, uh, game over for the A's because one, he doesn't strike guys out. And two, that means today's probably going kind of deep into this game. But third time through the order, I will say that he uh, he has allowed a 340 average batting average and a 411 on base percentage. So if somehow they leave him in for a third time through the order, uh, the watch out. A's bat's coming alive. My guess for Dallas Keuchel is that he's going to be allowed to go until he gets into trouble, and then Renteria is going to rely on his solid bullpen for as many outs as needed. Um, the one bad, I mean, there's a bad thing where uh, the A's lost game one, but the other bad thing that came from them not forcing Giolito out of the game sooner is that the White Sox bullpen is just still full of fresh relievers. So uh, that could come into play in game two, just because, uh, you know, they, they only had to use a couple of guys. So, that's something. But uh, here's how the A's have hit him in their careers. Again, I don't know how much weight to give these just because he's been a different pitcher. They've been different hitters. So, uh, But I, I do want to give you guys a, a fuller picture of the whole thing. Uh, so you got Chris Davis. He has been 3 for 27, with eight, so that's a 1 and 11 average. He does have uh, two doubles and a homer, so maybe he runs into one. We'll see. Uh, Mark Canna is 5 for 20. He has a 250 average, and he also has a home run uh chad pender has a home run uh he's hitting 190 against him though steven biscotti i know that some people are down on him sometimes but he is four for 12 with three doubles and three rbi against dallas keichel that's a 333 average uh marcus Simeon, as i said before he's hit him fairly well and has a lot of experience he has the most experience against keichel on the team he is 10 for 38 which is good for a 263 average and a 317 on base percentage and uh He's got a couple of RBIs and some walks. Uh, so nothing great there. But as a team, they have hit him for a two fifty one average and have gotten on base at a three forty four clip. I know that that includes... Not much of a Cy Young season, because it was only Canna and Simeon at that point. So uh, it hasn't been the best Dallas Keuchel, so it might not be the kind of Dallas Keuchel that they'll be facing, but maybe just having some of that unearned confidence. Maybe that'll work. Uh, also, Robbie Grossman's two for four with two doubles, so that's a plus. Um, Jake Lamb is the only guy that doesn't have a hit against Dallas Keuchel in his career, and that's just because he has only had two at-bats, so he's over for 2. Uh, nothing strenuous there, so maybe just having a familiar guy on the mound right there sure he's going to be a little bit different but how different can you be when you throw 89 um he doesn't allow a lot of hard contact he's a ground ball pitcher uh he's going to hit his spots just beat him to his spots foul some balls off get him out of that game get to that bullpen if that's what you want the point of attack seems simple But he's obviously been very good this year, so by no means is Game 2 a walk in the park for anybody that's going to be facing him. Uh, But I'm going to switch over here to A starter Chris Bassett. He has been the most consistent starter for the A's this season, and I've been saying for a couple of weeks now, have him start Game 2. Partially because that was his turn in the rotation, but partially because if you lose Game 1, then you have the guy that you would want in your must-win game going Game 2, and that's Chris Bassett. So... I have a little bit of confidence that Chris Bassett can get this done. Obviously, he's going to be fired up facing the team that traded him. So that's fun. Hopefully him and Marcus uh, go off a little bit in game two today. But basically, I think that the A's have the right guy on the mound for them. And uh, that that gives me some confidence. Um, Against Chris Bassett, though, the White Sox don't have a ton of experience. Uh, Basically, the standouts are uh, Eloy Jimenez. He is two for four, and he could be a threat if he's able to play. Uh, he was kept out of game one with his foot injury. He'd, he'd be a DH, I assume. Uh, they're not going to sacrifice defense to get his bat in the lineup. And uh, they don't necessarily need his bat in the lineup because it's not a winner go home game for them. But uh, he has had success against Chris Bassett in his one game played against him. Uh, Tim Anderson is two for six with three doubles because of course he is. Jose Abreu is three for 12, and as a team, the White Sox have hit 102 against Bassett over 62 at-bats, so they have not had great success as a team. Those are the, the standouts right there, but you can get through a game following these stats. You know, Jose Abreu being three for 12, that doesn't mean that he's going to get a hit at all on uh, on Wednesday. Tim Anderson, he can go over a couple against Chris Bassett, and same thing. Lloyd might not even play. So there you go. But as I said, the the White Sox as a team have hit 102 against Bassett over 62 at bats. But in fairness to the White Sox, because I'm I'm trying to be, you know, uh, impartial and whatnot uh, as best as I can, even though go ace. They are a different lineup than he's faced in the past. And those numbers come from a small sample. So are they indicative of anything? Not necessarily, but they do put me a little bit at ease that he's held all these guys to a 102 batting average that's a plus uh and in fairness to Bassett he's a better pitcher than they've seen in that in the sample against him so it's not even necessarily indicative of of the pitcher that they've seen in the past so he could even do better than that theoretically um so that's what I'm gonna hold on to so how is today gonna shake out I, I mean I gotta say that the A's are gonna win and force game three that's what I'm hoping for In every series that the A's are in the playoffs, they always push it to the absolute distance. So why would this year be any different? In order to get the win, Bassett's going to have to keep these guys in check for as long as he's out there. And someone's going to have to come up with a big hit. Uh, Who's going to come up with that big hit? I'm going to go with my money being on Steven Piscotti. How much money? Undisclosed. But I think that Piscotti is going to be the guy. It's just a hunch. I I liked his stat line against Keiko. I'm going to go with that. Um, so if he gets a start, cool. Um, I wouldn't mind Chris Davis getting a hit too. That'd be like, like a big hit, not not just like oh he got a single. Uh, I, I want him to come up with like a grand slam or something. That'd be great. Um, so yeah, that that's my take on this game. Obviously, uh, I I don't know who's going to win because this is baseball. But I do think that they're gonna force Game Three, and then I'm gonna feel really good about a Game Three. So uh, hopefully they pull out this win, and uh, we, we have. A happy podcast tomorrow and not a, "ho oh crap, what am I going to talk about for the next few months podcast tomorrow? Um, so that's going to be it for me today, you guys. But win or lose, I'm going to be doing five episodes a week through the winter meetings. So you can stay locked in with Locked On A's. Um, that, that's it for me. So stay indoors, celebrate good times, Oakland. Keep wearing those masks. Let's force a game three and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.